What's going on, Radio 1851 listeners? You're listening to J&K in the Midday. I am your host, Kevin Gefeller, joined by Justin Kessler. Hello. What's going on, Justin? Not much. Coming off an Eagles win, so always a good Monday. How about yourself? We're going to get right into it, yeah, with a little bit of a NFL talk. We'll be talking some fantasy this week, too. Oh, yeah. Talk some fantasy. Talk a little MLB postseason. Maybe a little bit of flyers just for a sec. NHL season that kicked off last week. And uh, maybe conclude with a little bit of NBA. Sounds like a plan to me. So kicking off with NFL. Do you want to talk Eagles first? Eagles of course, domin- of course. Dominant Eagles victory. First. Yeah, no, a dominant defense. Offense struggled a little bit. It didn't go the way exactly I thought. I thought the offense and Carson would have run them over like they did on the first uh, possession. But, again, the Eagles had 10 sacks. The NFL record is 13 for a game. That's just crazy to me because I think believe they only had one or two before that through the first four weeks. So that's definitely a big booster to their confidence going forward. The New York Jets are struggling. I know people were uh, – I know like it, it was not an easy win for them. I mean, it was an easy win for them. But, uh, yeah, Luke Falk was really struggling. Eagles defense was swarming. I mean, are you feeling positive now going forward after kind of the hate early in the season towards the Eagles? I think it certainly helps them. I think that it does help to feel positive, but at the same time, it's kind of like an easy win. I mean, you knew they were going to run heavy with Le'Veon. He's number one in touches in the NFL, and you have your front four that just killed uh, Falk, who has a tendency of just standing in the pocket and waiting for someone to get open when most veteran quarterbacks, I mean, he's a rookie, but most veterans, they know like where to go with it, and they have an idea of when the rushers are coming, and he just didn't seem to have that, so... And Wentz really didn't need to do too much because of the defense um, and the running game. So Jordan Howard, I just saw that Jordan Howard, they're trying to get him more touches moving forward. Do you think he's going to be the running back, the go-to guy down the stretch instead of Miles Sanders? I do believe. So far, he's shown that he could be a better back than Miles Sanders. Not saying that Sanders will not be better throughout his career, but as of right now, I think Howard has proved a lot more. And I believe this morning on uh, WIP, Doug had said that he really wants to feature Howard more just because of how well he's been playing. So next week they go up against the Vikings, who have been under a lot of criticism. Stephon Diggs, obviously, in some trade talks possibly. The Vikings are saying that they're not shopping him. But do you feel confident going to Minnesota next week? I do. I think the Eagles are a better team. I think that um, they rely heavily on their running back. And, again, I think before this week, I don't know if the numbers changed, they were 31st in passing. And the pass is really what's hurt the Eagles. It's not something the Vikings like to do very much. So in that sense, our defense should be okay. And I always believe in our offense. While the Vikings do have good corners like Xavier Rhodes and just good defensive players, I think we could put up a few against them. And the week after that, it's the Eagles at the Cowboys. The Cowboys lost to the Packers. We'll get to that in a second. But now the Eagles and the Cowboys are tied atop the NFC East. Looking like the Eagles are right there in like the top teams in the NFC. I was seeing some polls like, oh, what's the top team in the NFC? Uh, Saints, Packers, Eagles were in the conversation. You feeling, you feeling good at this point in the season, 3-2 and two Eagles? I do feel a lot better. I would feel even more better when Deshaun Jackson comes back. But now that we have Alshon and our offense is really starting to click a little bit better, even though last week it wasn't as great as it could have been, I think we can be one of the top-tier teams in the NFC. So Vikings next week, next Sunday, 1 o'clock. Be there, be square. Yep. Minnesota. So next three games are all away for the Eagles, and then they come back home uh, for – three consecutive home games so away for three home for three when they come back home they have to play the bears the patriots and the seahawks so that's going to be a tough stretch but that is looking far in advance that's going to be in november so crucial games i think they could easily again vikings cowboys then bills 
I'm not. I told you last week. I'm not sold on the Cowboys. Right. I think they could easily take these three games. Yeah, I can I think see it's possible. As well. So I, yeah, we'll see. Any final notes? Final thoughts? No, just I I agree with you. I think they could take these ones. I don't think the Cowboys are as established as people think, and I think that the Eagles are ready to go on a roll. Hopefully so. We'll touch on the next brief games. How about some Seahawks-Rams quickly? I just want to say Russell Wilson is playing like an MVP candidate. Is he going to be the MVP? Probably not because Patrick Mahomes is in the league and he's probably going to win the next 10 MVPs in a row. But uh, I don't like the Rams. I've said it again, too. I just don't like the Rams. I don't think they're – I know Jared Goff threw for 400 yards, but they've been struggling. Um, They've been giving up a lot of points, their defense – but the Seahawks, I like the Seahawks. I think they're going to be, when you talk about NF, uh, NFC teams, I think the Seahawks are right up there with the uh, Eagles, Packers, Saints. Yeah, going into the season, I was definitely higher on the Rams, again, like I mentioned, going into it versus right now and seeing how they've played. Like you said, their defense hasn't looked as strong. Goff has had a few bad weeks. You can't have that if you want to be a premier NFC team. I mean, like you said, there's teams right there that they face, like the Seahawks, who are able to edge them out. And if you're a top-tier team, you can't lose games like this. So the Seahawks play the Browns next week, which should be fun. It's going to be in Cleveland against Baker Mayfield. And then who are the, let's see, who are the uh, Rams playing? Or do they have a bot? No, the Rams are playing the 49ers, who are going to be playing tonight. Currently undefeated. Next game we got, Jaguars-Panthers. Just Minshew Magic fell short. Uh, Panthers are 3-0 and without Cam Newton, which is kind of, I, I was high on the Panthers. I said this previous weeks. I was high on the Panthers coming into the season. But 3-0 without Cam Newton, it's been Christian McCaffrey. Any thoughts on this game? Yeah, no, just like you said, McCaffrey, he's been the workhorse of this team. He has been a great point of offense for them. And I believe without him, they if he got hurt or in a situation where he couldn't play, mm-hmm. it'd be a very different story. I agree, 100%. Moving quickly, let's do Vikings-Giants. Uh, Vikings finally started passing the ball. That's about, that's all you got to say for this one. The Giants, Daniel Jones struggled again after his hot start. His debut start just two games ago. I mean, we kind of knew this was going to happen. It's kind of the rookie growing pains, and he's obviously without Saquon Quan Barkley still. Uh, he got Golden Tate back, but, yeah, the Vikings finally started throwing the ball. Kirk Cousins, 300 yards, two touchdowns. Any thoughts on this game? Yeah, my main thought would be Adam Thielen. He had a mm-hmm. great game. It was the first time, like you mentioned, that Cousins really started passing, and it was mainly to Thielen. So he showed a surprising performance, and he's certainly something to watch next week against the Eagles. And we'll see what keeps happening with uh, Stephon Diggs as well. He said after the game, he's like, are you, are you wanting to be traded from the Vikings? And he's like, are you, do you want to be in Minnesota? He's like, I want to be in Minnesota. And then he winked. <laughs> I don't know why he winked, but I don't, know what, I don't know what that's. So maybe there's something in the talk. I don't know what's happening if he's going to stay in Minnesota. But there are definitely teams that need wide receivers. Uh, Patriots, Saints, Raiders could definitely use a wide receiver. So I'm sure he's in the market. If he's in the market, those teams are going to be uh, willing to trade for him. Falcons, Texans. Texans with a dominant 53-32 to victory. What about those Texans? Oh, man, they went off to Sean Watson. Great game. Will Fuller was the leading receiver who had his, the best game of his career statistically. They went off, and I think it proves them to be a better team than they really are because I think the Falcons are mediocre, but it also shows, like I mentioned, uh, that it showed the Texans look really high, but I think it shows the Falcons aren't as good of a team as we maybe initially thought. Yeah, which is kind of surprising to me, too, because the Falcons do have a lot of talent when you look at this roster, just on paper. But they're 1-4, and four, and they're not looking good. I mean, Matt Ryan has been playing uh, decently, but 
yeah, I haven't been able to get the run going. Devontae Freeman and Ito Smith have been kind of in a, a uh, dual running back situation, but they have a lot of talent. Julio Jones, obviously, still there. Austin Hooper has been, uh, he's come onto the scene. Calvin Ridley has been there. Mohamed Sanu has been consistent. I don't know if it's the defense. This, this team has just been struggling. Unlucky, maybe, but no, the Falcons clearly have not been as good as, again, maybe people thought they were going to be. And then next we have the Saints and the Bucks, and that was a close game, 31-24. What were your thoughts? I mean, Teddy Bridgewater got it done again, but mm-hmm. a little close of a game. My thoughts still stand that the Saints are one of the best teams in the NFL right now. I mean, it's, it's shown that you can put in Teddy Bridgewater, who had the best game since he's pretty much been injured for the past two years, thrown for 304 touchdowns. But this team is just very stacked. Michael Thomas went off this game. Kamara's always going to be that threat on the ground and in the air. And their defense has been pretty solid as well. So I don't – and Drew Brees, it looks like he's been throwing the ball, so he's going to be coming back probably within the next two to three weeks ahead of his schedule. So um, Buccaneers, they've, they've been hot with obviously uh, Godwin coming onto the scene, and Evans disappeared. He didn't have a single catch in this game. But uh, Winston, we kind of know what he is at this point in his NFL career. Up and down, uh, th- he's going to go off for one game and look – Incredible, and the next game is going to make some really questionable uh, decisions. So, Saints, I'm feeling good about the Saints. Yep, and then we had uh, Bulls, or Bulls, Bills, Titans, which uh, the Bills escaped with one touchdown win, 14 7. Any thoughts on this? Bills. Uh, the Bills, I think this is just te- te- uh, t- Texans. Now I'm saying Texans, Titans, Titans, Texans. <laughs> Titans, uh, they struggle on offense again. Back and forth, it's kind of like I was just talking with uh, Winston in that same draft class. We kind of know what we have with Mariota. One game is going to be outstanding. The next, he's going to throw for no touchdowns and only 183 yards like he did this game. He hasn't been able to get it to his receivers, Corey Davis, A.J. Brown, the rookie. Uh, On the other side of the ball, Josh Allen was coming in off a concussion. He ended up suiting up for this game. Josh Allen, 4-1, not bad. They were only lost to the Patriots, and they kept it close in that game. Yeah, definitely something I didn't expect coming into the season. The Bills have surprised me week in and week out, and they're a team that should definitely be on the watch. Mm -hmm. 100%. Cardinals-Bangles. Kyler Murray. Bangles really playing poorly, (laughs) 0-5. Winless. Yeah, no, coming within three points is not something you want to see when you're wanting to get your first victory. Losing that close has to be demoralizing, especially at home. But again, like you mentioned, Kyler Murray had a good game, and just ended up on the winning end. Yeah, and the Bengals are still without A.J. Green. There was talks that people are willing to trade a first-rounder for him, wow. which would be big. And if I were the Bengals, 0-5, A.J. Green's not going to make your team come back and make him a, a wild-card contending team. I personally, I would trade him. It's his contract year. He's going to walk no matter what. If you can get a first-round pick for the rest of the year, and hopefully the Bengals start to do that rebuilding process. They're kind of ruining Miami's tanking season. But, yeah, the Bengals, uh, I would trade A.J. Green. Again, where he goes to, I don't know. A lot of options. Packers, Patriots, Raiders, Saints. If someone's willing to give up a first-round pick, I'd take it. Yeah, agreed. And I, I, I liked what you said about how um, Miami, they're ruining Miami's plans because mm-hmm. they are looking maybe even worse than Miami yeah, in some parts. It's rough. It's rough for the Bengals. Yeah. Patriots, Redskins, there's not really too much to talk about because the Redskins have been god-awful talking about terrible teams. Again, 0-5 winless. They just fired Jay Gruden, their head coach, who's been the coach for, I believe, the last six seasons there in Washington. 
So now Bill Callahan will, will uh, step in as the interim head coach. Redskins are struggling. Been starting, been, been rotating through quarterbacks. Colt McCoy, Dwayne Haskins uh, starting the year. Who was starting the year? Now I can't think of it. Uh, Keenum. Um, yeah. I don't know why I couldn't think of it. Yeah, Case Keenum. So ultimately Haskins is going to be the starter, but the Patriots are just doing Patriot things. What can I say? It was pretty funny because the Redskins actually came out to a 7-6 to six lead, and I was looking at the bottom of the screen and seeing this, and I was like, wow, this is really weird. I mean, it's so early in the game, but I can't believe the Redskins have a lead on the Patriots. And then, mm-hmm. obviously, Patriots went on the tear. <laughs> and it's gone. So Patriots, I don't know. There's not much to comment week in, week out. If they lose, then, then we might start talking. But that's, that's, that's the only big news is when they lose. Ravens-Steelers. Uh, it was unfortunate for Mason Rudolph. He ended up getting sandwiched between two Ravens uh, defenders. He got knocked out cold. It just shows you how rough this league can be. I mean, even though we take it, you know, we don't really think about it too much, but it was a rough hit. So I just saw two of the starting quarterback for next week. Mason Rudolph was ruled out. It's going to be Devlin Hodges. I don't think I've ever heard of Devlin Hodges before. Yeah, I hadn't either before this game. I mean, he stepped in and did what he had to do. They ended up losing in overtime by three, but that's crazy that they're under their third quarterback of the season, and it's not a Redskins-type situation where you're pulling people. It's because of injuries. Mm -hmm. Lamar Jackson struggled in this one. He had three picks, only 161 yards. Did have 70 yards rushing, but uh, the Ravens, three and two. I think they're... I think they're a middle-of-the-pack team, but they're not in a great division, so they may be able to uh, compete. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not 100% sold on Lamar Jackson, even though he came out hot over the first two weeks, but we'll see. Yeah, agreed. I, I think Jackson still has a little bit more to prove. They're still a solid team, but again, I like how you said middle-of-the-pack because that's exactly where I would place them. Maybe borderline playoffs, but because mm-hmm. they're in a weak division, it, it could help them in the long run. 100%. We Moving got, on. Yeah, Bears-Raiders. Raiders come on top, 24-21. What's your thoughts? In London, by the way, as well. Yeah. Raiders now 3-2. and two. The Bears also 3-2. and two. I would not... The Raiders have obviously been improving. They improved their overall just team, added more depth throughout the season. But I know it was against Chase Daniel, but the Raiders... Again, you want to talk about like middle-of-the-pack team? I think they're going to be middle-of-the-pack. I don't think they're going to be at the bottom. Uh, maybe I'm being bold. I don't know. I think they could be a seven-win team, seven to eight-win team. But and then for me, the indicator from this game is that the Bears aren't as talented as people think. Because you look at a team that's very talented. I know different tier level, but mm-hmm. Saints, you go in, you place in Teddy Bridgewater, and you still win those games. But on the Bears, you go in instead of Trubisky, you place Daniels, and you don't end up winning these closer games. So mm-hmm. I don't know. For me, if they can't win till Trubisky gets back, it's a bad sign. And this defense is obviously elite with Khalil Mack, Danny Trevathan, and Roquan Smith. Um, yeah, but no, the Bears, they need a quarterback. And hopefully, and Trubisky has not been very good this season. They certainly hope he's going to come back because he's definitely an improvement over Chase Daniel. But, yeah, the Bears, you're, look, you're a little bit nervous if you're a Bear fan right now, looking at the NFC North. The Packers obviously being dominant, and uh, the Lions are right there with them. You never know about the Vikings. I mean, it's just a really solid division there. So Raiders come out on top, quickly touching Broncos Chargers. Broncos get their first win of the season. Not too much to say about it. <laughs> I mean, uh, Philip Lindsay played very well. Mm-hmm. Flacco had a good game. 
the Chargers underplayed. They they were a team that I was pretty high on going into the season, but as the season has progressed, they have not done as well as I predicted. And uh, it was the return of Melvin Gordon. But again, he didn't get many snaps because he's still getting into the swing of things. That's uh, the big news is that Melvin Gordon is back. He's getting carries. I think they're going to st- start involving him more. I mean, it's going to be a mistake. if they, They're definitely not going to get rid of Eckler. He had 15 receptions in that game. I didn't even see that. He had 15 receptions. He's going to be the receiving wow. back. But Melvin Gordon, I think he's going to get more involved moving forward. This Chargers team is obviously in a hole right now at 2-3, and three, and the Broncos are just happy to get a win. That's all i got to say. Joe Flacco, uh, John Elway being the GM, I don't know why you would even bring in Joe Flacco because – He's not going to come out and produce, but the, you know, whatever. I'm not going to. I'm not a Broncos fan. I don't. I'm not inside the head of John Elway. Packers, Cowboys, Cowboys beaten. Uh, Cowboys getting beaten. So now they are tied atop the NFC East with the Eagles. Packers again four and one. I love it. I think it, it's a good look because I uh, I know you wouldn't like it, but the Eagles <laughs> did beat the Packers, mm-hmm. and then the Cowboys went. And, I mean, then the Packers went and beat the Cowboys. I think it shows that the Packers again uh, are not invincible. That Dak is may not be as elite as people may think, and I think it's a good win for the Packers because they need to bounce back after losing to Philly on the very last play. Hundred percent, Packers uh, coming back in a solid victory. I'm pretty sure Aaron Rodgers is five and zero at AT and T Stadium. He did not pass for any touchdowns, only 230 yards. What i got to say about this as a Packers fan is I'm just really impressed. This is a completely different Packer team if you've watched any bit of the Packers. They've just relied on Rodgers for the past, like, four years. He's had no defense, uh, not a lot of assistance. They haven't really established the running games in the past year. They obviously had Eddie Lacy uh, for a while. They tried Ty Montgomery. That didn't really work out. So you saw Rodgers putting up numbers like 400 yards and three touchdowns. He's not going to do that this year because now the defense is better. Uh, they've been able to run the ball. Aaron Jones put up four touchdowns in this game. So I'm just I'm very excited as a Packers fan. I know it's not as exciting to watch Aaron Rodgers, you know, try and do the heroics, but from an overall team perspective, the Packers are a much better team than what they have been in the past few years. And then finally, touching on the very last game of Sunday night, and I would argue that was the most unexpected result, as I saw many ESPN analysis had uh, the Chiefs winning, but the Colts end up on top, 19-13. What were you thinking of that game? Uh, My thoughts, I I watched the very last five minutes of the game. or No, I watched the last quarter or so, but I was keeping tabs on the the score. Uh, Patrick Mahomes did get hurt in this game. Not seriously hurt, but he got his ankle stepped on, so he was hobbled up. Uh, people are overreacting. That's my personal opinion. I think the Chiefs are 4-1. and one. They are just fine. I think the Colts are an underdog team this year, though. I am impressed by what the Colts have been doing. This all, The uh, offensive line for the Colts has been stellar. If you watched any of the game, he, you could see that Marlon Mack, the running back, had a lot of holes throughout the entire night. Uh, as for the Chiefs, I wouldn't panic yet. The running game, their, their only negative side, I mean, the, their defense is okay. But as long as Patrick Mahomes is healthy, again, he can recover, get back, and healthy, I think the Chiefs are just fine. Again, that running game is my only issue, too. I mean, Damian Williams came back, and LaShawn McCoy is there, but uh, they haven't been able to get the running game going since Kareem Hunt and his antics last year. So, yeah, I'm not too concerned about the Chiefs. I think they'll come back next week, and if Mahomes is healthy, he'll be right back to what doing Mahomes thinks, MVP status. But no, the Colts, I'm impressed. So any fantasy, we got to talk about a little bit about fantasy. You were telling me that your team, now 3-2. and two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in an ESPN league, I, um, 
I traded this week or prior to the week beginning for uh, I traded Melvin Gordon straight up for Michael Thomas. I already had two really good running backs in David Johnson and um, uh, Dalvin Cook. And so I traded Melvin Gordon, got, and I wanted to improve a wide receiver, but then ended up having, uh, having him on my bench. Had Deshaun Watson on my bench because I started Carson Wentz. Big mistake. <laughs> and then <laughs> I also had Will Fuller on my bench, who had the best game of his career. So three big pl- I ended up with the win, thank goodness, but at the same time I need to learn maybe more about the matchups. I just want to touch on waiver wires because now it's at this point in the season where there's not going to be that many people that you're going to be able to pick up on waivers. I'm looking, I mean, in in the majority of leagues, there's not a lot of options. Quarterback-wise, the only guys you can really pick up probably in your league are like Kirk Cousins or Magic Minshew. (laughs) Probably the top waiver wire pick is going to be Gerald Everett, tight end for the Rams. He had a big, big week. I think that's a fluke, though. I'd be surprised if he continues to do so. After that, you're not looking at a lot. You're not going to be able to pick up many players wide receiver wise you got some dolphins wide receivers if you're willing to <laughs> if you're feeling frisky and you want to start preston williams or Devonte parker uh it's at this point though in the season where i would see you know if, you, if your roster see maybe if you have a dalvin cook if you have space on your bench which probably not but if you do mm-hmm. i would maybe you know pick up alexander madison just as a handcuff uh, in the unfortunate case that he would get hurt cook would get hurt but yeah there's not that many Right now, there was no big uh, waiver wire pickups. Yeah, this week, I mean, I put in a claim. I don't know how he was a free agent, but Austin Hooper was a free agent in my wow. league. And um, we only have eight, guy, eight teams, so that makes it a little bit easier. But at the same time, I released uh, O.J. Howard because he just has not lived up to his no. potential this year. And then I also have Eric Ebron at tight end, who start, I've been starting, and he hasn't done very well either. So finally decided I had to make a move at tight end. As former... Uh I played in three leagues last year. I'm playing in three this year as former champion in one of my leagues. I think I have okay advice, not great <laughs> advice. You never know with fantasy, but so I have Will Fuller because I want to talk about him because he put up 14 receptions for 200 yards and three touchdowns. People are going to say I'm insane. I would sell high on Will Fuller. Yeah? I would. I think if you look at the previous four, five games, whatever, four games, he's an okay wide receiver three. But if, if someone is willing to give you a very good deal for Will Fuller, they see his stats from last week, this week, <laughs> and they say, whoa, Will Fuller, I'm willing to trade one of my top guys. If, you're, if you can get a big return for, for Fuller, I definitely would. I think Hopkins is going to get more involved down the stretch. I'm not saying Fuller's going to disappear. I think he's going to be a solid wide receiver uh, fantasy-wise and in real life. But um, no, that's just my, that's my hot take of the week. If you, yeah. if you want to call it high, I would sell high on Will Fuller <laughs> if you have him on your roster. Someone who I would be interested in trading for, someone I have on my team, but maybe you would look forward to adding him. I use him in the flex spot. It's Philip Lindsay, the running back of the Broncos, because last week he went 15 uh, rushing attempts, 414 yards, and one touchdown with uh, four receptions for 33 yards. Pretty good game. Then a couple weeks before that, on week three, he had 21 attempts running, 81 yards, two touchdowns with four receptions and 49 yards. That guy is a beast. He's one of their main options in their offense, and I think he's someone that, if you can get him, try to get him. I agree. I have, I have Lindsey rostered in one of my leagues. Uh, he went, what was it, probably sixth round in most leagues. Uh, no, I think he's a solid running back three, running back two, depending on the matchup. If you don't have uh, good running backs in your team, I would definitely look at him. I mean, the Broncos are not going to be leading a lot of games, but they're still giving Lindsey a lot of touches. 
another guy I just want to touch on again, he's probably available in your leagues because someone dropped him. Tight end has been a tough position this year. Hunter Henry. Make sure to see if he's available in any of your leagues. If he is, it looks like he's ahead of the timetable of his, I think it was like four to six week recovery. He was running sprints with a brace on on his injured left knee. The Chargers are going to be pass heavy, I think. I mean, they've obviously been pass heavy with Eckler in the game. They're going to be running Gordon more, but no, check to see if Hunter Henry is available in one of your leagues. Because again, tight end is not a it's a very premium position unless you have like Kelsey or Ertz. Any other thoughts? Last thoughts on fantasy? None that I could get. That's it for this week, fantasy-wise. We're going to have to take a quick break, then we'll be back, and we'll talk a little NBA, NHL, MLB postseason. So stay with us. Welcome back to J&K in the Midday. I'm Kevin Gefeller with Justin Kessler. Just finished up talking a little bit about fantasy, and now we're going to be talking MLB postseason. Kick us off, Justin. What do you, what do you got MLB postseason was? Well, right now, the Astros are in the top of the second league in the Rays. I think that's an er- easy series for them. I think the Astros are going to win the whole thing. They're a very dominant team offensively and pitching, and I think they're just head and shoulders above the rest of everyone else in the AL, except for maybe the Yankees. But again, I think the Astros' rotation brings them there. Today we also have a game four between the Braves and the Cardinals. Atlanta leads the series 2-1. to one. After losing the first game where they ended up giving up, I believe, four or five runs in the last two innings to lose, um, the Braves have really bounced back, and they've come back and beat the Cards uh, yesterday and beat them the day before. So they've been on a roll. You have the Dodgers, who are up 2-1 Nationals. They're playing today in D.C. I think the Dodgers win again. And then finally, for the rest of today, you have the Yankees Twins, and they dominated yesterday, winning 8-2. to And so I don't think there's much of a struggle there for the Yankees. What are your thoughts on any of the series or teams individually? Uh, overall, I would say this is not surprising. I'm impressed with the Rays. First of all, they made the postseason. But the Astros, no, I think that they are the team to beat right now as it stands in the MLB postseason. I'd give them just the edge, just a little bit over the Dodgers and the Yankees. Uh, I don't know about your thoughts. What, what team are you feeling most positive about? Is it the Astros? Yeah, definitely the Astros coming out of the AL. And then probably the Dodgers coming out of the NL. I think the only team that could really give them a struggle is the Braves. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see in terms of that front. Both have to get through this round, obviously, but I don't know. I agree with you. The Astros are just too dominant right now. Yeah, I give them just just a little bit of an edge. I think just their overall team is just uh, top to bottom pitching-wise and hitting. They've just been solid all year, and they're going to continue to do so. Uh, Nationals, yeah, they're struggling. Braves, I know you said one of your roommates is a Cardinals fan. How, yes. how, is, how is he feeling right now, <laughs> down right now, 2-1 to the to the uh, Braves. He's not too happy. He came in more enthused. His opinion on the playoffs is whoever wins that series is going to win the World Series. I disagree wow. completely. It's a pretty bold statement. Yeah. But uh, no, he's he's not too happy right now. Game one, he was enthused. He was so ecstatic that they came back and won 7-6, to six, but then ended up losing 3 to nothing. and then 
uh, ended up losing three to one yesterday, where they were up one most of the game and ended up losing in the last couple innings. They're not looking too bright. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I think, um, yeah, that's a bold statement. Yeah, <laughs> I like it though. I like the yeah. I like the confidence. Braves or Cardinals winning it all. Uh, the Cardinals are back again after struggling for multiple years, yeah. not making the postseason. So I'm happy they're back, uh, right there competing. But uh, no, I don't see anyone. I don't know. The Astros, they're, they're playing right now. Yeah, yep. I said, yeah, top yeah, of the second. Right now, top of the second. Tampa yeah. Bay. But yeah, one trend I've noticed with all the playoff teams, I mean, it's a pretty obvious trend, but each one has at least two to three really good pitchers or just solid pitchers, which being a Phillies fan is something I'm jealous of and want them to certainly pursue in free agency. Yeah, so the I was looking, I was watching the game. I was watching um, Bueller Walker play. Um, he, didn't he have uh, like 14 strikeouts, something like that? Yeah, Someone had 15. I think Garrett Cole had 15 strikeouts for the Astros, I believe. I'm going to check on that real quick. Yeah, yeah. Walker Bueller. He had Walker a really Bueller, good outing. I, mean, yeah. yeah. I always get his damn name. <laughs> it's okay. He's, he's got two, two, two first names. Yeah. Two, yeah. 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 Always um, gets confusing. No, but the Dodgers, yeah, him, Ryu. Uh, I don't know. The Dodgers pitching is nice, too. I don't yeah. I don't even know. It's, <laughs> it's going to be tough. I, I would love to watch a World Series between the Dodgers Um and the, and the Astros. Yeah, and the Astros. Yeah. I would like to see a World Series between them. Yeah, and I, I don't want the Yankees to win again. I'm, I, <laughs> they've won enough. 27 is a good number to stay at. 27. Yeah, I think uh, I have quite a few Yankees friends who are Yankees fans. The Yankees are always going to be dominant. Let, let, them, uh, let a, a few other teams get some World Series. I know they haven't won in a, <laughs> in a while now, but no, I'd let some other teams get in on the action. So, And they have been in the past few years. So. And I know you wanted to cover NHL. What are your thoughts so far on the Flyers? I know they only played one game, which was away, mm-hmm. but one game they played in Switzerland. <laughs> they played it to kick it to kick off the season, and it was uh, at the Global Series. It's I can't speak right now. I'm really struggling. Global Series in Switzerland. Uh, the Flyers played the Blackhawks to kick off their season. They're back home this Wednesday at the Wells Fargo Center against the Devils for their home opener. But the Blackhawks end up winning 4-3. to three. The Flyers' Travis Konechny, who they signed in the offseason, had two goals this game, uh, as well as Oscar Lindblom, as well as Michael Raffle. Um, Kevin Hayes, he was a big pickup this season. Carter Hart, I thought, had a decent start. But I think it's that point where, you know, the first few games you're going to be shaking off rust and some nerves. So uh, the... The Flyers, we're gonna see. I, I was, I watched a little bit of the game. I was kind of uh, impressed how they how they started. Again, Konechny's really dominant. I think he's gonna be big this year. But I'm feeling, I'm feeling somewhat optimistic. Maybe I'm just blinded because it was only one game. But um, no, I'm gonna be curious how they continue to perform. Again, this this upcoming week, uh, starting on Wednesday, home opener. So, any thoughts? Not too many that you didn't cover. I mm-hmm. mean, you really. Covered it all. I'd like to see Claude Giroux come out with the hot, with the hot start. But besides that, Carter Hart coming out doing well. I think it, it, I'm looking pretty optimistic for this team. So we'll keep you guys updated. Uh, again, next game this Wednesday at the Wells Fargo Center against the Devils. And then Saturday at 10 p.m. against the Vancouver Canucks. So we'll keep you guys updated to let you know how they do in these t- those two games. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to be watching. I'm going to tune in for that, that Wednesday night, that home opener game. You were talking about possibly, you were like, oh, are you going to the game? Making me think, maybe I should go to the game. No, but uh, it'd have to be a last-second thing. But, no, the Flyers, uh, I like it when hockey's back, and the Flyers are good. That's the key. 
the Flyers have not been that good in the past few years. So we're, we're being optimistic. We rightfully deserve to be so. Again, like you mentioned, not too good the last couple of years, so we got to be able to have one good year in here. And then I wanted to talk about NBA. Did you hear about uh, Rockets GM, Daryl Morey? He tweeted Monday about how he was supporting the protests in Hong Kong, and it got a lot of backlash from the uh, the government of Hong Kong who were, who were basically saying, hey, like, why are you supporting these protests? And, mm-hmm. you know... And the NBA wasn't too highly on it either. I know Adam Silver sent out a uh, message saying, like, we do not support, like, protests and anti-government acts and things of that sort. And the GM went on and apologized, and he mentioned how it wasn't a reflection of the team. It was more just something that he had thought. Right. I'm looking at, yeah, he ended up sending out a tweet. I'm, again, I'm sure his PR and everything was, right. was involved, but he said, quote, I did not intend my tweet to cause any offense to Rockets fans and my friend, the friends of mine in China. I was merely voicing one thought based on one interpretation of one complicated event. I have had a lot of opportunity since that tweet to hear and consider other perspectives. He continues on to say, I have always appreciated the significant support of our Chinese fans and our sponsors have provided, and I hope that those who are upset will know that offending or misunderstanding them was not my intention my tweets are my own and in no way represent the Rockets or the NBA. It's so, a good apology. Well, it's a good apology. Again, yeah. it's PR getting involved. But, yeah, exactly. Um, no, I, I think uh, nothing nothing like it to start the out the NBA season <laughs> with some controversy. We know this this NBA season is going to be wild. And you want to talk about you know NBA, we're talking about NFL. NBA is definitely rising in popularity. And, oh, 100%. Uh, and I wanted to touch a little bit more on the China thing. All you, so, yeah. Um, uh, last season or two seasons ago, J.J. Redick had said something that uh, offended that. the fans mm-hmm. there. And, um, again, it's such a big and large-growing fan base of the NBA, specifically the Rockets, who have featured uh, Chinese, player, Chinese yeah. players like Yao Ming and Jeremy Lin from the past. So I think it's very important that they that GMs and officials maintain a neutral mentality in supporting the Chinese fans because, again, it's such a valuable market. But, yeah, NBA should be interesting. There's going to be a lot of storylines. I know early on LeBron had said that Anthony Davis will be who they're going to base the offense around in L.A. I thought that was a pretty intriguing quote. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a few other things. They've played a few games so far, but nothing too crazy has happened just yet. Yeah, the uh, the Rockets, too, they always come out with their Chinese Lunar New Year uniforms, yeah. which is also interesting. I mean, there, there's a lot of connections between the Rockets and Chinese and the Chinese fans. And like you said, the NBA is trying to expand. There's a big market there in China, in Africa. They're trying to build. Yeah. So, no, I would not try to. Want, I would not want to piss off any of the uh, the nope. fans. I would not. I would try to keep. Definitely talk with your PR team before you put out anything. <laughs> That's what I would say. Always, always. And then, um, Taco Fall had his NBA debut. The seven foot five center standing on the Celtics. O for him. Yeah, and mm-hmm. he ended up dunking for his first two points. I, I like the guy. I saw him play against St. Joe's his last season in college, and he just dominated our bigs like we'd never seen before. And I like to see a young man like of that size prosper in the league. We haven't had one in a while, so it'd be good to see him. I know he'll be coming off the bench, but still. Also on that team, a guy that I was kind of hoping the Sixers would pick, <laughs> but they didn't pick. Carson Edwards, he drained a nice three-pointer in that game. I mean, he's not going to be like a starter, obviously, for this Celtics team. But um, no, him and Taco Fall, it was fun watching him, watching him play for Purdue and then UCF last year. So right, uh, nah, Celtics. It'll be fun to watch. You know, them coming off the bench, hopefully, and getting some minutes this year. 
Yeah, I really wanted the Sixers to draft Edwards. I, I think he's going to be a very talented player, and I think it was maybe a little mistake not to, but I do like Matisse Thibel. But again, the Celtics, yeah, they should be an interesting team to watch with a lot of young talent now. Mm-hmm. And quickly, uh, Zion Williamson playing for the Pelicans. It's not we can't. I feel like I can't talk about this NBA season without <laughs> mentioning him. I just find it interesting because I wanted to mention him because uh, there were this big controversy over heights, people uh, skewing their heights in the NBA. So it came out that he is six six. I saw on the wow. Sixers, Ben Simmons is like six ten and a quarter, and Embiid is not seven two. Oh, without without man. shoes, you can look this up. I promise you, it's unfortunate. Maybe with shoes, he's seven two, but. I gotta look this up again. I saw some tweet and it was funny because I was like, "Oh, you can't!" It just I I found the. Uh, it does not come off the tongue as well. Yeah, no, Joel Embiid six eleven and three fourths. Oh man, that's a big uh, big change from what I've I've always yeah. thought of him as a seven foot plus guy. Right. It's interesting the NBA now this year just wanted to emphasize, hey, we're gonna take some real heights this year. Mm-hmm. But again, I like it. I like to see the real heights. It just it's not gonna come off when you go to a Sixers game and they say. Uh, the center from Kansas, uh, uh, 6'11 and three-fourths <laughs> center from Kansas, Joel, the process and B. Oh, man. It's not going to come off. It doesn't come off the tongue as well as 7'2. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. And they have Ben Simmons at 6'9 and a half. I've always heard of him as like the 6'11, almost 7-foot point guard, but 6'9 is not 7-foot. So I'll take it. This yeah, lineup, I'll take it. This I'll lineup take it. is still ridiculously tall. Agreed. So... Who else surprised me? There was one other guy on this list. I can't. Let me look quickly. Yeah, go for it. There was one other guy on the list that was the su- that's height uh, surprised me. Damn, I can't think of. I it. still can't believe Zion's six six. Wow. Yeah, Zion is six six. I mean, it doesn't really surprise me uh, that much, but you yeah, know, he's gonna be. He's six six, like two seventy five. So. <laughs> No, but I'm excited to watch him and, and Ball and Ingram. The Pelicans, again, not going to be a good team, but I'm excited to watch them this season. What other teams? So there's got to be one team you're looking at right now. I'm kind of putting you on the spot. <laughs> What's one team that you think is going to outperform or underperform this season? Um, I've, I was really big on them last year, and I'm going to continue to be big on them. I think the Kings are going to surprise people. Again, mm. I don't think they're going to win the NBA championship by any means, but I think they're going to take large strides. I really like De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald. And they added, well, they kept Harrison Barnes and added a few other pieces, like a good backup point guard and Corey Joseph is what they needed. So I think the Kings are someone that teams should look out for because they've always been a relatively bad team. So I think they're now on the rise. And last year they came in the nine seed. I mean, as close as you can get to the playoffs. So, yeah, they'd be my team to look at as a team on the rise. What about you? Any team you're looking for up or down? Team, yeah, team that you think is going to be disappointing this year. Is there any team you think is going to disappoint? Oh, that's a bit of on the spot. I'm question. putting you on the spot. I'll, I'll I'll give my first while you yeah, think yeah, of that. Give your first. My team that I think is going to be going up. I agree with the Kings. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking. You know, the Kings. I definitely think are going to improve. They do have a solid roster. I mean, this is kind of a cop out answer. I'll be honest <laughs> with you. But the Nets are going to be a team that improves a lot. Obviously, yeah, with Kyrie with coming Kyrie. back. Um, that's not really a surprising team, but I do have one maybe more surprising that I think is going to be. Not maybe even surprising. The team that I think is going to fall. I mean, it's it's tough for me to say this, but mm-hmm. yeah, the Warriors. I don't see the Warriors yeah. being that being as good this year, which is I feel like impossible to say. <laughs> I know the last what 
five years have been filled with Warriors basketball. I do agree they're going to fall. I don't know what to what degree because you still have Steph and you still have D'Lo, but you're missing that small forward spot. You're going to start like Alfonso McKinney, who's not not a real top tier player. Mm-hmm. Center, you're you're falling under two. I mean, you could start mm-hmm. Willie Cauley Stein, but in their preseason game, they started Villanova star Amari Spellman. So yeah, they'll definitely be on a on a. Uh, on a descend, on a decline, but my team that I would say, maybe not decline in terms of uh, record from last year to this year, but I am not as high on the Lakers as most are. Gotcha. Why's that? I think that LeBron and AD are very good, but then if one of them gets hurt or you take both of them out at the same time, I don't really know who's going to step up in production. And I feel like it's similar to last year in the sense of, Oh, like we have LeBron, but we have all these surrounding pieces that are really good, Kyle Kuzma and, and the crew. But then again, they miss the playoffs. So I don't know. I, I'm not as high on them right now. Maybe they'll change when the season starts and I see them play together, but until then. And then I forgot to mention another team I'm really high on is the Rockets. I think Russ and Harden in the backcourt is just unfair. Mm-hmm. Another team I want to mention, too, that finished second in the Western Conference last year, sneakily, was the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. And they do have Michael Porter Jr. hopefully coming back. I know there's been a lot of hype around him. He's been injury prone. But and uh, but no, this this Nuggets team is solid, too, with Jamal Murray. Jokic, I don't know if you saw a picture of Jokic. He was looking he looked big. rather chubby, I yeah. should say. But, um, no, I know Embiid lost, lost some weight. He lost, like, 20 pounds. And then you saw a picture of Jokic, and he's like, <laughs> oh, maybe Jokic gained that 20, gained that 20 pounds yeah. from Embiid. So, um no, I like the Nuggets. No, I agree with you. The Rockets, James Harden has always been one of my favorite players in the NBA with his whack three-point one-legged oh, shot now he's going to be bringing out. But I like it. I like players that are that are not, you know. I just saw, like, an ad for him. It's like you can either be, um, oh, hold on. I'm going to have to find <laughs> this before we go. Yeah, good old James Harden ad. Was it Adidas or James Harden? It was an Adidas ad. Adidas. They always come up with good slogans and campaigns for their players. I agree. And he... There was an ad. It's do you want to? Would you rather be understood or unforgettable? Be Ooh. different, James Harden. Which I like it. I like that what that uh, that marketing from Adidas. James Harden is one of those players. You're not gonna like him. He's gonna get called for trap. Some. He's a very polarizing character. Some people love him. Some people hate him. Saying he's traveling all the time and he's with these whack shots and he draws a lot of fouls. But I like James Harden. I'm a fan yeah. of James Harden. Just personally, I I think he's a great player. I think he's fun to watch. Agreed. I've been a fan of his. I really like that original OKC team with Harden and Westbrook and Durant. And then when they ended up trading him, I was like, oh, I was like, you know what? He'll be a good starter. I didn't never saw him being an MVP player at that moment in time. Mm -hmm. Now, (coughs) sorry about that. He's uh, one of the best players in the game. He's really fun to watch. I love watching players shoot threes. He's one of the best at it. So, again, he's been able to really thrive in that situation in Houston. Now he's got Russ with him, so... And Capella at the center, they're really looking like a good team, it's in a my solid opinion. Team. They've, just, oh, they've always struggled in the playoffs, and I'm hoping maybe this is the year that they break that now that Westbrook is back on the team, them joining up. And also, no gold, like you said, Golden State on the decline. There's yep. no top-tier team. There's no team where you run into them and you're, you know you're not going to make it. it this should, year, it's wide open. Should be a prime opportunity for the Rockets. I hope that they capitalize. I'm a big, big Harden fan. hope he gets a chance to prove himself in the playoffs this year. So that's it. Coming up on 2 o'clock, any final final thoughts, Justin? Same as always, go Birds. Go Birds. <laughs> um, thank you guys all for tuning in. This has been J&K in the Midday with Kevin Gefeller and Justin Kessler. We'll be back. Oh, no, we won't be back, will we? Because fall break, 
fall break, we will not be back. Is that, that this upcoming that is, week? Yeah, that is this yeah. upcoming Monday. So no, we will not be here on Monday, but we will be here the following Monday. The following Monday to give you updated. There will be a lot happening in the next two weeks. MLB, uh, NFL, so college basketball. 100%. We may have a few interviews in the upcoming future. That's we're, we're, you didn't hear it. That may be happening. <laughs> we don't know. Make sure to stay tuned in. We'll go. Definitely let you guys know if we have some interesting interviews coming up. But, yeah, that's about it. Make sure to tune in, not this next Monday, but the ne- the following Monday. So thank you guys again for tuning in. This has been Kevin Gefeller along with Justin Kessler. Hope you guys have a good rest of your Monday.